0: goodness are we gonna have an amazing conversation today today we are talking to Catherine Spolino what is the topic oh I don't know maybe Scientology so before we get started I want you to know that Catherine is safe we did have a conversation prior to this recording to make sure because we've all seen the stuff on the TV and the news and the media and the celebrities on how they can go after you and harm you and all of that fun and she is safe so just we're gonna put that out there right away but we're gonna dive in we're gonna dive into what her childhood was like being raised in the sea org what should it to do to get out all of the things so yeah without further ado I introduce you to the most amazing powerhouse and positive human Catherine welcome to the show Catherine Hi, thanks so much for having me.
1: Um, I love your words. It's funny because I've been reading your book and it's like, I feel like there's so many similarities in us. Like we're both like, we're, you know, go-getters, I guess. <laughs> so I'm like excited ready. to talk to you. Um, we could delve into, I mean, we have different lives that have happened to us, um, but like how you can overcome it
0: or come through it and still be a strong, generally happy person. Right? Yeah. So- Forgive Catherine's audio she has a little bit of a, some congestion going on so bear with it guys because this conversation so Catherine wrote a book about her early years of escaping sea org so for anyone who doesn't know what is sea org so the sea org is the
1: inner circle of scientology it's like you could picture like a priest or a nun. it's like where they actually work at, for the church of scientology they're not just parishioners um, and my parents were working, they signed what's called a billion year contract. So a billion years of their lives to work for the Sea Org. And in doing so, they dedicated my life. I was a baby born into the Sea Org to work for the church of Scientology. So from the time I was a baby, I was like, yep, I, this is what I'm doing. Or like six years old. I could actually remember these memories of knowing I'm going to join the Sea Org. This is what yeah. I'll be doing. Yeah. So, uh, that's the Sea Org basically is uh, run military style kind of, and there's a commanding officer and there's, everybody has jobs and they have to do the jobs all relate to distributing Scientology to the world or to the public. And my parents, because I was in the Sea Org, they sent me away by the time I was eight years old to a boarding school that was only for Sea Org children to raise these children to be future Sea Org members. So we're like little mini soldiers. And they consider children, adults, and small bodies. So I wasn't really treated like a child.
0: Okay, hey, so you before they you were even sent away to the ranch, mm-hmm. which is the okay. school. Yeah. So for anyone listening, the link to her book is in the show notes. Contact whatever. Like it's all in the show notes. You guys need to read this book. It is. It's, yeah. It's intense, and it's wild how. So let's break down a little bit of like what that was like. So even prior to that, you were really like, so going out to the ranch, which is the school, you were even still like, you lived on a different floor than your parents in different buildings. So you hadn't Mm -hmm. been sent away yet, but you were already very divided from your family at a very young age. Like, weren't you six? Yeah. So the book is called The
1: Bad Cadet. I didn't even say that. Sorry. And it follows me because I'm what's considered a cadet is somebody who joined the Sea Org. By the time I'm six years old, I'm not quite a cadet yet, but I am separated from my parents. I live in a dorm with other girls and I have a dorm mom who's not my mom. And ironically, my mom is a dorm mom for other kids, not for me. So I would just see her in passing. And that is until I'm eight years old. And I would see my parents only on Sunday mornings for a few hours when they had what's called CSP time, which is like cleaning your room time, do your laundry, and also hang out with your child while you're doing these things. It's not like we would go out to breakfast together or anything. Yeah. So sometimes we would get ice cream after laundry. and That was a treat, you know. Uh, but then by the time I'm eight years old, I get, and I actually, to be honest, in the book you find out, I'm actually nine years old, but I thought I was eight. Like, that's how little connection I had about my life. And I get sent to the school that's an hour from Los Angeles, uh, north in the mountains. And I'm just with other children and we all have jobs. And like, this is how we, we are operating like little mini SEERC members at this school. That's called the Canyon Oaks Ranch. It's, not, it's like half school, half work. Like I'm also working out in the fields or I'm working in the galley, cooking food for the other cadets, um, things of that nature.
0: Oh, it was like a full job. Like you're gone away from your family. And one of the things that, one of the statements you made at one point in the book was talking about how like you just like craved this, like even seeing your mom across the room and having that acknowledgement of like, even hoping like to catch her eye. And you like lived for that. You lived for those moments. But then when you go out to the ranch, you also got paid. And you mm-hmm. found out that you no longer got a paycheck because you didn't even have, like, you didn't have any of the government ID saying that you had ever even been born. Mm-hmm. Your parents had never gotten that. So you then worked forever, you know, with no money. Like you had no money, yet expected to act like an adult, mm-hmm. and, you know, not having underwear or shoes or any of those things, and nobody really caring. Yeah. As an adult, I look back, I'm like, how is nobody like,
1: you know, Hey, here's some shoes for you. Hey, let me get you this. Hey, you're not getting paid. So instead we'll provide you with this. But instead I was just like left to my own devices and in my journals, which I use to write my book, you, you could see this like shame I have for myself or I'm like embarrassed, but I have to act like I don't care that I don't have shoes and I don't, I can't afford to buy underwear yeah. Like, I feel like it's my responsibility. I don't feel like it's anybody's else's, even though I was 9, 10, 11 years old. And it's it's very strange
0: to look back on, um, for sure. Well, and especially now that you're a parent, right? Like, mm-hmm. now you're out of it and you're a parent. That must be just wild to look at and look at your own children and think, how? How did that come to be? Mm-hmm. So when, let's backtrack a ways. Yeah. Right. Yes. When did your parents join Scientology?
1: They were my
0: mom was like um, I would say
1: early 30s, and my dad a little bit older than that. And they met in New York City, and then my mom started so she ran into somebody on the subway who she'd gone to high school with who was into Scientology. And they're like, This is amazing, you gotta check it out. And my mom grew up in a very Pentecostal household, super strict. She had to wear like long skirts. I find this all out later when I'm in my twenties, but I, yeah. to, cause I wanted to understand why she found Scientology. And she was so restricted. And she said when she found Scientology, she felt like it. the, one of the things Scientology says is uh, freedom or like knowing yourself or freedom of truth. It's just like what they like tell you all the time. Like, you know what, you know, it's all about empowerment. And then later on you find out that that's not really the case. But for her, she felt like that was like her salvation in a way, like this, she could finally find independence. And my dad, I actually don't know. He, he was, I, I'm not as close to my, to my dad. So I just tended to not have these conversations. Um, well, your dad but, was gone,
0: like literally across the, yeah. across the tree from you, the majority of your childhood. He was in Florida and you were in California.
1: Yeah. And so at least I got to see my mom like a lot till I was like eight, like, or a lot as in, in passing. And then um, I do know from talking with her also in my 20s that she did nurse me for the first 12 weeks. So I think that like skin to skin care probably also really bonded us because I have still to this day, a lot of love for my mom.
0: Mm-hmm. Um,
1: yeah. And we could talk about what's happening with my parents currently if you want to, or we could come to that
0: later. But... Oh, we'll come back to that. Yeah. So growing up as a cadet, you're this little army girl, right? your yeah. rebelliousness right it started to show up it mm-hmm. started to show up fairly young from the anger the outburst the randomly running away one day mm-hmm. and somebody's bringing you back at what age so I'm about two-thirds of the way through your book yeah at what age did you start to go hey wait a sec this isn't okay mm-hmm. like how did uh- you come to that
1: Yeah, I was an avid reader and I would read all the time and and I would be like, wait, they don't have to go work in the fields or they they get to see their parents every day. Like these comparisons, like I read Sweet Valley High or even Goosebumps or, you know, all of them have a backdrop of a family babysitters club. I was reading all of these books and I was like, that's kind of unfair, you know, like I want to be able to just like be able to hang out with my family and they do things for me or they're taking me to soccer or things like that. Cause I didn't even have like sports, you know, like no. it was just PE and it was really just do whatever you want at PE. Sometimes we go like rollerblading or we did have horses. So we would go horseback riding. So you got to like sign up ahead of time. Cause there's only like four rideable horses, 200 kids. So it's not yeah. like you could do that all the time. Um, so it was very, there's these little like moments when I would be reading, I'm like, Oh, that looks more fun. Or that I kind of want to do that. But then I also have this big goal because what i am taught from the time of a child is like, I like uh, love Albert Hubbard, who's the creative creator of Scientology. And he's telling me all the time and everything I'm reading and everything I'm hearing from the grownups around me, that we're saving the world. Like our little group of kids, like we're going to be the executives in the Sea Org of Scientology and we're going to save the world. So it's like, I'm like, oh, bummer. Like, I can't do these fun things that people do in books because, you know, I got to save the world. So Mm -hmm. it's like this self-talk where I like every time I want to just like break out and go have fun and like go to I'm like, maybe I could go to a regular high school. Maybe I could try to do this. And then it's and then I like somehow get talk myself back into staying or someone says something to me like, hey, let's get you some auditing, which is what's the Scientology processing to like help you be better, be a better cadet. I'm like, Oh yeah, I'm not a good cadet. I always get in trouble. Maybe this is the reason. And then it turns out I don't like that. But then there's like another distraction where they're like, Oh, all of you guys are getting to get to go now actually join the Sea Org. I'm like, Oh, it's finally happening. Maybe I'll really like being in the Sea Org. So this constant, like up and down of self like regulation, or like my true self wants to come out, and then I like push myself back down to try to stay, and I'm thinking that there's something wrong with me that I keep wanting to leave, yeah. you know?
0: Yeah, not wild. We're at the core of you. You knew. So mm-hmm. we're gonna pause on the how you finally got out piece. Mm-hmm. What is the core? So for someone listening, I know you know looking from the outside in, someone's like for, for real, did you actually think you were going to save the world? Like how do people Mm -hmm. actually believe this stuff or think these things or like buy into that, right? Like how have you been so conditioned to buy into that, to not know that it's wrong or not know that it's not okay to have someone take your kids away or not know that, right? Like Mm -hmm. even behavior of, the leaders to the children at the ranch was not appropriate. It wasn't okay. It wasn't good behavior. Do you know what I mean? Like, yeah. What are the core beliefs of Scientology? Where did it show up? When did it show up? Like some of that, so people can understand Mm -hmm. that more and what the conditioning process even looks like.
1: Yeah, so from the time I'm like a baby, I, it's like I, I've i been always going like once a week to this place called the L. Ron Hubbard Life Exhibition and it's in Hollywood Boulevard. You can check it out. And it's just this like big ex- exhibition about the man who invented Scientology. So from the time I'm a baby, I think of this man I'm like as a God. They don't call him that, but yeah. he's done so many things. He's incredible. So everything he says is true no matter what. You can never invalidate what he says. If you do, there's something you don't understand. So that's like a really core part of me from the time I'm a child. Like, this person knows everything and can say, like, make the world a better place is like always what their, their goal is. And then for my parents, I don't see them, but in my mind, I'm like, oh, because they're trying to save the world. Like, my dad was an OT3 supervisor. And OT3, there's like all these levels that Scientology has, and OT3 is like on the top level. Mm-hmm. So I know he's teaching like, amazing things. Now it turns out OT3 is about when the aliens get (laughs) introduced in Scientology's doctrine, but you don't know this when you're like really little. So when I was little, I don't know anything about aliens. Most people I knew in Scientology, even growing up when we were like late teens, don't know anything about the aliens because it's top secret. So when that stuff like the South Park um, TV show comes out where they're like making fun of the aliens, we're like, they just made that up. Like that's not at all part of Scientology. And I didn't know it was. Like that's, we are only being told certain information from the time we're a young age and that that what the technology we have that Albert Hubbard invented about, it's like a lot of self-help stuff at the beginning, which do make sense, like communication and how to, what to do if you do something wrong, how to fix your, like make up amends, things like that are basic common life things that he wrote out. But then it, so you believe all this stuff, but then on top of it, they begin to layer on the counseling and the auditing and all that indoctrination begins to follow. Yeah. So even though you're like, how could my parents just send me away? From the from the time they first begin, it's just like basic level learning of Scientology. But as they get more into it, they're more and more like told, like, this is the salvation rate, right? Of Earth. And you've lived, they believe in reincarnation, you've lived so many lives. Like, can you dedicate all of your lives to save Earth now? Like it's such a big, like, thing to be a part of, to be proud of, and then like dedicate your own child to it as well. Thinking to my mom and think she thinks I'm getting sent to a safe space. She grew up in the poor area of New York city. So she knows I'm not gonna be around gangs, we're on drugs. And she knows I'll be growing up in Scientology, which is like the most amazing to her technology. And yeah. she never got to the like, to the OT3 stuff. Like to this day, she still doesn't know about the aliens, you know? So it's like- <laughs> It's wow. it's wild that you'd be like, but why don't they progress up the bridge to know that stuff? It's like they they, they kind of just stay in this like lower level part of cytology and then they're just enforcing, getting other people to cytology. And then some people get up to those higher levels and then maybe they go, it's too late now. Like now I have to believe in aliens. I don't know. And
0: there must be something that happens. <laughs> it's interesting. It's it's very calculated, yeah like what the, it feels like. it's like very it's, it's intentional incredibly intentional where it's like we're gonna start with like one degree of this and then two degrees and three degrees mm-hmm. oh you're bought in enough we bet we could just like convince you of a little bit more and a little bit more and a little bit more and a little bit more, little bit more mm-hmm. until you're fully believing in aliens and the,
1: and to be clear like all these people in the or believe everything they're doing is a good thing. Like, they don't, there's not like somebody like even David Miscavige, the leader of Scientology, who's like a total whack job. Like, if you read about all the stuff he does, he probably totally believes everything and probably has now skewed it in his mind where he's like the leader, like the L. Ron Hubbard of it, because L. Ron yeah. Hubbard died in the 80s. Um, and David Miscavige did a crazy coup and everything that the CIA members don't really know about. But yeah, he believes that Scientology, pro- he probably actually truly believes that Scientology is like everyone's salvation. It's just, he's doing it as a pyramid scheme where they're like raising all this money and all that money goes towards either lawyers to sue people who are attacking Scientology or for buying land. There's so many churches, Scientologies around in every major city, almost yeah. in the world. It's wild. It's like they're the Catholic church or something like they're putting their money into that. Um, but like my parents think when they're doing their work, my mom was a letter registrar in the end, like toward like the last that when I was in the Sea Org, and that's just writing letters to parishioners, telling you to come. She just does that all day. Imagine that. Because every day, seven days a week. Writing letters. You barely get time off. But your brain is gonna just start being like on a like a loop, right? Yeah. Like if you like have nothing to challenge you or stimulate you, you're gonna just be like I think this is how they keep these sea members in there. They're just like a, like working really hard long hours, not a lot of time off. So not a lot of time to think and really think about what you're doing is my thought for why some people stay in the sea Org for so long because it's not a good existence it's a uh, very like dull and boring and you get yelled at a lot and a lot of pressure to sell products of Scientology and so on
0: so how so when you got Okay. How do I wear this? See, I'm sorry. I didn't think about that for a second. Yeah. There's so much. It's the there's biggest, so much. <laughs> like, I could talk to you about this all day. And for anyone in my inner circle, you know that I am like weirdly obsessed with cults and the idea mm-hmm. and the beliefs and how they do it and how we just like lose ourselves in them. Right. So mm-hmm. you're at the ranch. Yes. You get the call to now you get to move up to be like the full adult as yes. part of the At 14 years old, uh-huh. At 14 years old. Yes. Right. And then, like, I've
1: done certain qualifications called the A, B and C cert, which are low level eighth grade reading, math and writing. Like I wrote an, a long, an essay that was like a hundred words. I could do eighth grade math and I could do, I think it was really like sixth grade math to be honest. And then the reading was like yeah. being vocabulary, eighth grade vocabulary words.
0: And that's enough. I'm ready to be an adult. Which is wild. And, but also keep in mind, like, you're like, everyone is working for them. They're barely paying you. Mm-hmm. Right. So, like, nobody has money. Nobody yeah. has money to even mm-hmm. think about doing anything. And you literally are like living in their properties, living in their spaces, being fed by them, everything. Yeah. So there is a weird safety. Like, that does make sense to my brain in some ways. Yeah. There,
1: so for some people, it's very safe. Yeah. Everything's taken care of. You also don't make decisions. Everything you want to do, you have to ask somebody. So there's something, if you're somebody who doesn't like to make decisions and has anxiety, maybe it's nice to just always have to request permission for things or be told what to do. I don't like that as a person, like innately being yeah. told what to do all the time really bothered me. And it always seemed like this is like non sequitur. Why are you telling me to do this? Like that was my instinct. <laughs>
0: Oh, yeah. You'd have like attacks and like lose it and swearing at them and stuff and getting in trouble and then having to Mm -hmm. be ignored and shunned from the people as part of the punishment. Right. Oh, no, guys, you literally just have to read this book because there's no way we could fit all of this into an hour or even like five hours. Mm -hmm. So at 14, where did you go? So at 14 years old, I leave the
1: ranch and I get sent to this, it's called the PAC-based uh, Sea Org. And it's, if anyone's seen this big blue building with the Scientology cross on the internet, that's where I was. And that's where my parents lived. And that, and so I am go there and I get put on what's called a, uh, uh, it's a boot camp, but it's called the EPF, the Estates Project Force. And now I'm doing even more labor, I have to run everywhere. And like, I can't even get dessert after dinner because I have to get through this program. Like. So this is like a few month program where I'm just studying some Scientology courses. Some of them I've already done before, before I could officially join the Sea Org. Uh-huh. And of course, when I'm doing that, I'm like, oh, this is just like the Cadet Org, but worse in a way, because at least at the Cadet Org, we would sometimes go to the beach here and there. or They would like, ha- we would have fun moments. Yeah. Now they're stripping even more of the fun. So, I've, so eventually I start acting out a and I get sent back to the ranch. So this is like, you'll follow me on the journey in my book. Cause there's so much like back and forth of me as a child, trying to figure myself out. And then yeah. they're trying to put me like a circle into a square or a square into a circle. And it's just not working.
0: Oh, like not working at all. Yeah. So this goes back and forth and back and forth and back and forth in the middle of this. So you also have siblings. Hmm that are part of this that you're never really seeing and they're on their own journeys within this. So at what point did you get out of it? Cause there's multiple but, things like you get out of the, the sea org, yes. but then you had to actually leave Scientology, which are two very different things. So how did you end up? And at what point did you finally go like, no, no, no I have to get out of this.
1: Mm-hmm. So in the sea org, you, you're going to, if you read the book, you're going to follow me as I like, keep going that same journey. I'm talking about where I like, I'm trying to be good. I'm trying to be what's called in ethics. There's a lot of words in Scientology that are totally made up. They have a big techno- technical dictionary. And one of them in ethics is being good and like listening and following direction. Yeah. And I'm constantly being at ethics, then being in ethics. And it's um, eventually I'm just like, I need to like, so I'm also told the outside world is really bad. Everybody does drugs. They're promiscuous. Like I'm told like where we are is safe, where out there is bad. But eventually a part of me is gonna win out where I just wanna have fun, believe it or not. Like, it's just like, I need to go have a life. Like, this is not a life here. And uh, I have to figure out where am I gonna stay? Who will I, because my parents are in the Sea Org, but I barely know their extended family. So how is that gonna work? Mm -hmm. What will it be like? And I'm determined, like, I could do it. I won't be promiscuous. I won't take drugs. I could go have a life and still be a great Scientologist and donate all my money to Scientology. Like I literally thought that was a good thing to do is like to give away my money to Scientology. It's
0: whatever it the does, right? Right.
1: And so when I'm in the real world, I experience this culture shock, which I actually, there's gonna be a second book called The Bad Scientologist, where I'm trying to be a Scientologist in the real world. And it's watching me sort through the actual life world and what Scientology says is the world. And having to sort that out and decide, wait, what is actually true? And luckily I have like the brains to, and like, I don't know, you have to question things. And a lot of people that I grew up with, all of my friends, half of them are still in the SeaArg, are still cadets, almost 40 years old. They cannot have children in the SeaArg. And that was another push for me to leave. I wanted to have kids and I do have kids. So I have three kids. Yay for me. I have a husband. I have a really happy life outside of it. So, I got to find what I actually wanted, which was to go create a life for myself, be yeah. able to make my own choices and have a husband and children. But how do I get there it 's because I have perseverance, I am curious, and I ask questions and i don 't just accept when people are like, "This is the way it is and i I actually had something happen though in the church where they made it even easier for me to leave because one of my brothers got really sick and um they said, they pull me into the church and they're like, hey, you need to come into the church. I'm like, oh yeah, I'm going to come. You guys are going to see how good I am. I'm only 20 years old. I have been working at this school that's affiliated with Scientology called Delphi Academy. I'm a teacher there. Like you guys are going to be so impressed by me. And instead they sit me down and they tell me your, par- your family cannot talk to you anymore. Your mom, your dad, and your brother and your sister who are still in the York because Philip is getting sick and we know you're the cause. And I'm like, what? what? Yes, this literally happened. Because there's something called the PTS person, which is a potential trouble source and a suppressive person. Mm-hmm. And my brother was getting sick. So that's a trouble source. Who's suppressing him? It's got to be his sister who left the Sea Org. Even though I was doing nothing wrong, saying nothing negative about, I still was a Scientologist and I believed in Scientology. I just wasn't really practicing it because I was having fun living my life but at least I worked at a school that was doing Scientology studies and stuff. Yeah. So in my mind, I couldn't like, it still doesn't make sense. They, they screw themselves over just with their own high horse, like just like horrible way of behaving where you would just blame a random person for somebody being sick. Um, so then my parents can talk to you, me and my brother. And there was a few months of that. And meanwhile, I met my husband, Ryan, Boyfriend at the time, but he is not a Scientologist, and I was. He was able to be like, "Hey, you're not your normal, like happy-go-lucky self. Like, what is something going on? You could talk to me about it." And and having someone I could actually talk to and not worry about. So something else that happens in Scientology, I know there's so much to unwrap. Is if you say something negative about Scientology, you will get written up, like Big Brother, like 1984, George L. Or- Orwell's novel. So I couldn't talk about what was going on with my parents and my brother couldn't see me anymore. I had to hold in this pain because I didn't want to get written up. I also felt like maybe I did do something wrong even though I knew I didn't.
0: Yeah.
1: And my husband boyfriend at the time was just like, "You could tell me I'll never be a Scientologist. Nothing to do with your religion. Just personally I'm a Christian. It's not yeah. for me." And I was like, "Oh good, like I won't ruin his his chance for total freedom." <laughs> and so I was able to talk to him and like unload everything and just hearing myself say everything out loud that my parents and my brother couldn't talk to me because Scientology was saying I was creating a sickness in my brother cancer was still actually, I still took a while, but saying it out helped me begin that process. And from there, I was able to observe other moments in Scientology that were not okay and how money hungry it is. And then I started to go on the internet because they tell you not to go on the internet because everything on the internet is false. Media is always wrong. So that's a sign for anybody who's in a cult. If, ever, if that person or a group is telling you everybody else is wrong, they have the answer only, you're probably in a relationship or in a group that is trying to control what you're learning. Yeah. And so I began to go on the internet. I began to read books, watch documentaries, highly recommend going clear, on HBO or Leah Remini's show, The Aftermath, two of my best friends were on that show. Um, But that was like, The Aftermath was way down the road, but Going Clear came out around then and Janet Reitman's Inside Scientology, so good. Um, So that was how I got myself out, was getting information myself, Yeah. yeah.
0: So you're a kid with no access to family, no access to anything. Mm-hmm. So currently to this day, you don't have access to your parents because really they're owned by the church.
1: Yeah. Well, they're, they think that I'm a suppressive person, so they don't want to talk to me anymore, which is so sad. So I actually managed to reach out them because I've been doing interviews on, um, there's a group called SPTV on YouTube. If anybody wants to hear more, if they're more visual. And that's how like, they'd like to learn more about Scientology. That's a great resource to go to. And Aaron Smith-Levin was kind of like the leader from that. He was on the Aftermath show with Leah Remini. So I was on an interview with him and somebody he knew who had just rescued their mom from the Sea Org knew that mom knew my parents and knew where they were. So I didn't know where they were. And so she gave him their number for that place because I had no phone number. Like I couldn't even contact them. Yeah. So then I was able to call my parents and they acted like everything was completely normal, that I hadn't been so they did come back in contact with me when my brother was sick, and then they left me again. They stopped talking to me again when my best friend was on Leah Remini show. So I'd been six years from that point. So my they had met my twins. I had baby twins in that time. I had a three-year-old and they would come visit every year. And then after that, boom, it just stopped after Leah Remini show. So this was the first time a few months ago, and I talked to my parents and I told them I love you guys like there's no reason for you to not see me we could disagree on things you could do Scientology and I would still love you come visit and my book had not come out yet um and they were just like oh my book had come out when I talked to them sorry because this was the interviews and my mom's like yeah I just have to talk to my ethics officer so like that's the control like her brain's like I can't just go see my daughter. Like I have to make sure it's allowed. And then she said, are you still seeing your friend, Marion, who's on the show, Marion Francis? And I'm like, why does it matter? Like, she's my best friend. Why would I cut her out? She's allowed to speak her truth. Yeah. Like, please be my mom again, you know? And unfortunately the next day, like I tried to call again, the phone line was disconnected and now I can't get through to them. I'm like, oh my gosh, it's just, It's just sad because like, they're just, they're in the seventies now, like let them go, let them see their family. Mm -hmm. There's no reason to do this except for I'm evil, but you already said I was evil before I'd even done anything. Like now I have this book out and I'm speaking out on Scientology. Scientology is like asking me to do it. Right. It's like, I wasn't even going to do all this stuff. And then you take my parents away.
0: You're like, and now watch me pay you back. (laughs)
1: Yeah, like I was, I had this book burning, percolating for years since I was 20, 21, when I was coming out of Scientology. But I was like, I can't publish it because I don't want to lose my parents. I know they would take my parents from me. And this book is not an attack on Scientology, right? It's just about me growing up. You just, as you're reading it, the reader knows what's like, what a child needs to grow up. And you see that I don't have that, but I don't have to tell the reader that. So it's not an attack on Scientology. So I was still, but still, yeah, I could not write this book because my parents, I didn't want to lose them. And then I lost them anyway, because my best friend was on Leah Remedy's show and I knew about it and I didn't write a report about it. And they were like, you are on her side. So we can no longer talk to you. Like that's just where they jumped to.
0: Yeah, just, yeah. just wild, just a, like the deeper control, the better.
1: Yeah, and it's and it's sad because- so many of my cadet friends that I grew up with have lost their parents over the dumbest, silliest things like that. Like one of my friends wrote, "Wow, look at how many, how much Scientology pays in ads for the Super Bowl." Interesting. And again, it's like totally like doesn't really say like is this good or bad, you know? And like so many people, Scientologist friends, like unfriended her. and were like, I can't believe you wrote that about the seer. And like her parents stopped talking to her because her sister had said, I'm not a Scientologist anymore. Don't involve me in it anymore. And then because her sister did that, they also disconnected from her. And it's like the two separate people, yeah. like this is like this family, They Scientology is making family not important. They're saying the church, they're, they're not even a church. They don't even believe in God, but they are saying that they are more important than your own family because you've lived so many lives. You've had so many families in the past. We're saving the world.
0: What's more important? obviously Scientology. so from what so leah remini came out about it she had mm-hmm. her whole show and she's talked very loud about how like mm-hmm. they have tried to run her off the road She was a cadet too
1: by the way in florida right. yeah So, but yeah, it's, it's, yeah, you could keep going with what you're saying.
0: No, but she's like, they've done everything in their power, like from Mm -hmm. like career, her finances, like Mm -hmm. they have done everything in their power to destroy her. Yeah. And it's almost like the more they try, the louder she gets. Yeah. I know. It's amazing. Right. Which is incredible Mm -hmm. for someone watching from the outside. I remember the first time, you know, you heard about, random things around you know tom cruise and his wedding mm-hmm. and then like not talking to his daughter after and mm-hmm. his ex-wives and not having access to his kids or him ignoring and walking away from his kids and mm-hmm. you hear all these things and you think yeah but it can't actually be that bad it's just celebrities and it's just gossip and it's just you know some random tabloid yeah what that? Totally <laughs> I was going to say, like, is it actually that bad? Yeah. If a celebrity, like
1: yeah, it's that bad. Celebrities are actually treated better than like regular Scientologists. Scientologists are under so much control. They will write up their spouse if they feel like the spouse is saying something negative about Scientology. They will disconnect from their own children. Um, It's really hard for them to turn against a celebrity because celebrities give them a lot of PR, good PR, right? Good Good public relations. Yeah. Um, so when, yeah, and the money and everything. So when Leah Remini in her book, which I've read is amazing troublemaker, yeah. it, she was at Tom Cruise's wedding and she had the audacity apparently to ask where David Miscavige's wife is, Shelly Miscavige, mm-hmm. who is missing, but missing is mean, she's just, she's okay with it, but she's like basically getting rehabbed. You know what I mean? Like she's shunted off somewhere out in the mountains, probably in Hemet, California, And probably okay with it because she's so indoctrinated to thinking whatever she did which was probably nothing was wrong and so she's just doing like menial labor for the rest of her life right but leah remedy doesn't know all this she's just like where'd shelly miscavige go and she's like where is she and somebody in the church yelled at her for even having the audacity to ask her that at a celebrity wedding and then they had her pay for counseling hundreds of thousands of dollars to fix what she did to fix her brain. Because like, why would you think you could ask a question like that? And um, eventually she was just like, this is below me. Like I am paying all this money and you guys still aren't even answering my question. And she started going the internet looking for information. Like I said, it's like, you have to look for information. If somebody's telling you not to look, look. definitely go look, <laughs> right? Totally. Yeah. So it, it is so true. And like the whole thing with Tom Cruise with his girlfriends, like David Miscavige is like obsessed with him. Those two are like obsessed with each other. They're both egomaniacs. So they like feed off each other. And I think David Miscavige is like, You need to get a girlfriend. I'm going to get you a girlfriend. And so they're like calling in Scientologist girls that are hot or attractive and interviewing them before Tom Cruise meets them to see if they qualify to be his girlfriend. So before Katie Holmes, there was all these other actresses too. Scarlett Johansson got called into and they're like seeing if they're be like malleable, you know, like, would you be open to Scientology if Tom Cruise wanted that? You know, and a lot of them said no. And Katie Holmes had a crush on Tom Cruise when she was young. And it was like in a 17 magazine and everything. Yeah. So she was so easily probably manipulated, not her fault, you know, because like this is a man she had a crush on when she was young. Now she gets to date him and now he wants to marry her and he's in love with her. Like what a fairy tale. And then all of a sudden she realized what control Scientology had around everything and got out. I'm sure she had to sign a huge NDA, but I bet she could get around it if she wanted to and tell what like really happened. But that I also understand she's got her daughter.
0: She probably wants to live her life. Totally. Yeah. But in that there's, it is very interesting. It's very interesting how so many cults take away, take away the family piece.
1: Mm-hmm, exactly, and they make you right. dependent on the church as a family, basically. Yeah, but the, but the church is not a family, <laughs> and they will no. shun you at the moment you do anything that's wrong, or at least Scientology will. And get this: so, like Scientology has tax exempt status, mm-hmm. so they get billions of dollars coming in and they don't pay any taxes. Isn't that just ridiculous? It's so insane. Yeah. And we could use that money. You know, America has so many problems right now. It's schooling with like mental health. It's like that money could be going somewhere else to help people and help families that are poor and who need extra assistance. Instead, it's just going to the coffers of David Miscavige.
0: So everyone is, well, I mean, Everyone is very, very poor, mm-hmm. need next to nothing taken care of. So how does the new money continually keep coming in just from new members or do they have enough people working outside of the sea org mm-hmm. that still continually are paying their money in?
1: Yeah. So they have something called the whales, the big whale donors who there are some big rich people who are on Scientology. Uh, Sterling, something who invented like um, software that's used everywhere. ABC mouse, you know, that, that like preschool learning. I don't know if you about know oh, about it. Yeah. That was that's from a Scientology family. So there are these national huge companies, survival insurance, all Scientology companies who donate massive amounts. Nancy Cartwright, obviously Tom Cruise. So you have huge, huge wealth there. So that's always coming in. And then but from there, I would say I don't know if they're getting new Scientologists like I think there's so much bad media, so much, you know, negative press out there. A lot of people say when they walk into what's called an org organization uh, for, for org for short for organization, it's always empty. Like there's not a lot of people there. So I think it's just like slowly shrinking. But they have all this money from like, you know, the past 50 years that it's still able to survive but I don't, I like, I think it's just slowly going to start downsizing, but I don't know. We'll have to see. I don't actually
0: know what's in their bank account. No, but it's, it, there is so much negative media on it. Yeah. Right. So and for every Tom Cruise, for every person who's like rah, 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 right. Yeah. There's people like yourself that are walking away from it. There's people like Leah Remini, even like the Danny Masterson stuff that everyone thought he was going to get off. And obviously they couldn't buy the judge well enough.
1: Yeah. And there was evidence that Scientology literally told these women not to report this rape and they covered it up with Danny Masterson because it's Danny Masterson. And they're like, and now guess what? Now that Danny Masterson has totally messed up their PR game, they've declared him a suppressive person really his brother his sister who were all at trial mm. his wife who are all Scientologists, can no longer talk to him like now he's probably just like I mean like this guy's a rapist so I don't care how he feels but I at the same love. time I'm like god like this just shows your true color Scientology. like you were standing with him and then you just cut him off at the knees like what he's down but it's also like you should have done that at rape not at, sorry, am I allowed to say the word or 100%. At, 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 oh, 100%. At, like not after he's convicted because now it looks bad yeah. that you were supporting somebody who did this when there was actual factual woman who had come in and said, Danny did this to me. And they said, what did you do deserve it? Go clean his car, make up the damage for what you did. Cause he deserves, he deserves what he wants. You're his, one of them is his girlfriend. So of course that's allowed. Not true, obviously. Yeah. Women and men do not get to be assaulted all because they're in a relationship if they say no. And then the other two were drugged and taken, you know. So yeah. that type of stuff is so prevalent. My best friend, who was on the Romany show, her dad abused her, and nothing was done to him to be reported to the police. Yeah. And then, like, very little attempts to help her to deal with that trauma. So she just had to carry with that with her growing up. um These are just like little drops. There's so many stories out there. And like I was saying on SPTV, there's like all of these stories, Leah Remini show, The Aftermath. Like I have my book, if you're interested in more like young coming of age memoir, it's very young, teenager growing up. So if that's your vibe, it's light. So that's kind of nice for people to just kind of like, it's funny. (laughs) So a little different, right? Um, but I'm just saying there's so many mediums for people to learn about what Scientology is. The reason why I want people to learn about it is because I'm tired now, you know, like my parents are being held basically like hostage from me and there's like nothing I could do except for what I'm doing now. It's just telling more of my truth. And then hopefully maybe they'll be like, you know, these old people, maybe they do have choices because right now the old people are not just like put in a nice retirement home. They're like put in a crappy apartment, shoved together, communal showers, having to do cleaning stations, you know, and not possibly not getting good medical care, most likely not getting good medical care. So I don't even, I don't want my parents' days to just be wasting away in this apartment building in Los Angeles, in the seedy area of Los Angeles. Um,
0: Which is so devastating. And it's so hard that you can't, I mean, it's, it's so hard to convince a senior citizen on a good day to change their opinion on something? Yes. <laughs> Never mind when they've already been, when they've spent their entire lives being indoctrinated to convince yeah. them that what they're doing is not okay or not right or they need to walk away or whatever. What about your siblings? Are they still actively involved?
1: Luckily, my brother, Jason, is here in Minneapolis with me and we see each other occasionally. Um, he tried to see my parents when he was just in Los Angeles and he was literally told no. And he he doesn't know where they are. So he just said, delete, like he went to the church. He's like, I want to see my parents. They're like, no, your sister's been declared a suppressive me. And he was like, well, I'm not declared. I barely see my sister. And they're like, no, you can't see them. You have to do what's called conditions, which is like when you make up the damage for what you did, because he Mm -hmm. left the Sea Org when he was 17 years old. So he's bad for doing that, supposedly. So he, he's like, oh, I did my conditions when I was 20. I never heard back. And they're like, he's like, so could I see them? I have to fly back to Minnesota tomorrow. And they're like, no. And he just didn't know what to do. So he just, he left, but it's like my, and my brother's more chill than me. I think if I was there, I've been like, you I'm calling the cops, <laughs> you know, <laughs> yeah and I'm getting, I'm figuring things out. I am like trying to decide what my next steps are. Will I file for elderly abuse? I need to make sure they're actually doing okay. Um, yeah. So I'll, I'm going to, those are all steps I'm trying to figure out. I'm hoping that if these people in Scientology, they have what's called OSA, the an organization, and they literally the people who sue you, who send, send privatized to like go like go through your garbage or like harass you, follow you. I have luckily have not gotten any harassment. I live in Minnesota, so it's further away from everything. But also there have been so many people coming out on YouTube speaking out that I feel like I've like kind of enveloped in like a little blanket of people like a yeah. like there's so many of we're us now that in numbers at this point. Yes, I think so. But I'm hoping they're watching this and they're hearing me say elderly abuse, we're worried about our parents, that they're gonna start saying, let's let these old folks contact their children. Cause I'm not like I said, I'm not the only cadet who's lost her their parents, who whose parents have disconnected from them. And like starting to let that happen, even if that's a small step of humanity, which I would appreciate who knows
0: what are the chances and I mean I know that sounds horrible but what are the chances that would actually happen when this is an organization that thrives on keeping them away Mm -hmm. and it would almost be like losing some control of something that they stood so firmly in yeah the odds are slim but yeah I
1: told you I'm an optimist (laughs) You totally so are. I, no still try. I still try. I'm still try. i like, maybe they will. And I'm like, I have these ideas of maybe what, maybe I'll try to go see them. Um, I don't, I have an idea of where they are, but I don't really, but I'm like, I could do some sleuthing. I don't know. I'm like figuring it out. Um, it's also hard cause I'm still here. I have my three kids who are all elementary age. I have my husband. It's not like I could just go take off wherever I want. Um, yeah. I think that they're like okay health wise from having that phone call with them. But I know like they're in their mid seventies, like how many more years do they have? Uh, so taking it day by day, I, you're right. Like the odds of them being like, you know what, we're going to let them contact all their suppressive children. (laughs) (laughs) Like, like that doesn't sound like that. It's not at all, especially in their eyes. We really are evil. Like they think I'm a really, really bad person.
0: And it's like, well, and would your parents, and I know this is, this is horrible and maybe I shouldn't even say it, which is going to bite me in the ass later, but would your parents even be willing to talk to you because they're so convinced you're evil?
1: Well, they were before, but they didn't know about my book yet. And then I told them on the phone. Now they'd probably be told I'm talking out on the internet about all these and uh, saying lies. I'm sure they're saying, but they're not lies. Oh. I have so many of my friends who are also cadets who could corroborate everything I've said, who've read my book, who've said it's all true. Um, So now my parents probably are dealing with that loss, like my mom. So I have to, I try to think in their brain. I'm like, there's that cognitive dissonance. I know they love me. And at the time when they stopped talking to me, they probably thought it was temporary. Like that last time when my brother was sick. Um, And then, you know, when they're doing drudgery days go by really fast they go really slow but also blink of an eye all of a sudden six years have gone by I -hmm. wonder if she always thought she would see me and now I think she's probably like I don't know she's probably thinking she's not going to see me again or her her other child and she lost so my brother who got sick did die so it's like you would think that would make them yeah he died from a bone marrow transplant like the um was that
0: Jensen was that
1: his name no uh Lucas oh okay Um, his real name is Philip. I don't mind saying my family member names, but, um, so he ended up passing away. So you would think that would only make us like hold, she would hold us dear to her heart, but no. And my sister is still the Seer, so she's in her mid forties. So I also try to tell myself, she's got to be advocating for love. She's got to be looking out for them. I know my sister, she's got a strong personality in a lot of ways, but she was always a rule follower, which is why she's still the Seer. From the time I was, you could see it in the book where she's oh, always, yeah. 10%. So she now knows what's going on, but I'm like, to me, it's so hard for me to just be like, oh, that person's evil. Like this person that I know, like it's just, unless there's like facts and things that they've done. Oh, I've written a book. How does that make me evil?
0: You know? But it checked the box and their rules of what makes you bad.
1: Yeah. And now in their mind, it's okay that they no, no longer talk to me.
0: Knowing what you know now of the loss, the grief, the the shunning. Mm-hmm. Right. Would you still make the same decision you originally did to leave Sea Org? Absolutely. I'm like living so
1: well and I enjoy myself. When I was seventeen, living in LA, barely any money to put gas in the car to get to work, I was the happiest ever. I had my weekends. I had my nights, like to have nights and weekends to everybody seems like nothing, but I had was used to it. my whole days being regimented from the time I was six years old, Yeah, younger too, but like memory wise, six years old that to me, to be able to do whatever I want on the weekend, whatever I wanted in the evening felt like such freedom and to know, Ooh, I, I can meet my husband somewhere out in this world. And like one day we could have babies like in the future, like It was to me, life was a blast, even though I could not afford, like I had no health insurance. I couldn't even pay for my car insurance. I would like get pulled over and then I'd have a court fine. Like I had all this like hard stuff to deal with at 17, supporting myself. And I was, and I'm so happy. I'm still so happy. Like life is hard now as a mom of three, like raising three kids. Oh my gosh. They have made me doubt myself like oh
0: more than anything no
1: end Mm -hmm. where I'm like I thought I was going to be the most calm patient mother ever and here I am unfortunately screaming at them because I'm not listening I don't scream all the time but it happens and I hate when I do and I'm like oh and I know I'm only human yeah and I'm just like I didn't expect this part but it's still you know even with those struggles of like how do I raise my children through the different developmental stages I have a therapist now who I could talk to about these things and okay, I'm encountering this type of behavior. What is is this? How do I deal with that? You know, and I get help in that way. And my husband who's my partner. We do, try to do fun stuff with our kids all the time. We take them to the zoo. We go to Michigan to watch a Michigan game because yeah. Ryan went to Michigan. Like things like that. All of that always makes me grateful. Yeah.
0: Yeah. So I want to backtrack a second. You said you're not allowed to have kids if you're in Sea Org. Yeah.
1: So in 1985, they passed or like it was 1986, I was born in 1985, like a policy letter saying that basically children are a distraction and stop having them. So there is a high amount of abortions in the Sea Org, because, you know, if you get pregnant, you would have to leave and they don't want you to leave. So they convince you that it's better to stay. And remember, they've had babies many lives, you know, yeah. So they, like, these women have had abortions and there's actually, I think there's a lawsuit now where a woman had to abort her children, her two of her babies, and now she's suing because she was, like, I was under, like, duress to do that. Yeah. And it's not something, obviously, that you could take back. Like, that's going to haunt you, especially if you don't really, didn't even ever want to do it in the first place. Um, But it- I knew that, so at 15, I was like, but I really want to have kids. Like, by then I knew, you know, some people, like, I mean, like some girls like, no, I want to have children and some don't. And I was one of those who did know. And I'm glad I knew that because that was also a very big reason of why I was like, I can't just leave at like 30 years old and go have a baby. Like I need to go create a life for myself, meet somebody, have a relationship and then have children. Um, but like my sister, I'm like, she's like in her mid forties. I'm like, oh, that's like, I mean, she could probably still have a baby if she wanted, but I don't think she cares. Like to
0: her, it's not important, you know? She's following, she's saving the planet. Yeah, exactly. So that seems like such a funny rule to me. So what were their rules on relationships or marriage or any of those things? So- it's like a funny rule because then you're constantly having to seek people outside of Scientology to bring them in. Is built-in followers like you guys were yeah you were born into it it just kind of created this natural this yeah natural order of like no no no, we're in this is just our life
1: well there are Scientologists who can have babies so only if you work in the Sea Org can you not have babies if you're like in, living in the regular world and just go to Scientology Church like on nights and weekends you could still have a baby so all those people are still having babies <laughs> it's just if you work in the Sea Org they don't want to have to provide the space and the money to raise a child raise that. because they did it for about like one whole generation of yeah. kids and, and it was hard and they didn't do a good job. And they think they were like, and it was distracting and they were like, no more, no more babies. Um, so, but yeah, regardless, like, cause another thing that's happening is like, you know, parents are disconnecting from their adult children, like who are Scientologists, like regular Scientologists families. So that's still happening. So then those people are definitely not sending their kids to to the church too. So all this disconnection they're doing is just creating more and more cracks in this organization of theirs. Like my best friend who was in my wedding, who disconnected me also because Miriam was on the show. Like we were, she was in my book actually. So she'd be my second book. And we'll talk about that whole story of how she turned on me and turned, made my parents lose. I lost my parents basically not because of her, but because of the church is yeah. pressure on her. And she reported me for knowing about Miriam being on Leah Remini show. She has lost me and like many other of her cadet friends and yet is still marching along. Like I'm still a Scientologist. It's still the right thing to do blindly, you know, cause she won't look at any news. Like if I would bring up something to her, like when I remember when Danny Masterson's thinking about, I'm like, Hey, did you hear about Danny Masterson? Um, she's like, what? I'm like, yeah, he was accused of rape. And she's was like, no, I didn't know because they like put on blinders. I'm like, how do you not know it's on headlines? Like they literally can like wipe their own brain. And like, I'll have conversations about stuff in Scientology that I didn't like, like Howard Hubbard is super homophobic and he has writings about it. And then I'll be like, it's so crazy that our good friend is in this famous band, but she's a lesbian and Scientology supports her. I'm like, isn't that like contradictory? She's like why would it be contradictory i'm like because remember like it says this about gay people and she's like no i don't remember that I'm like, whoa like she just like erases parts that they tell her to erase to make it right in her brain it's that's how much like crazy brain control they have yeah because they do it themselves they like they self-regulate themselves or, like, if they think a bad thought, they're like, I should go report that in session so I could get that fixed.
0: Oh, that part of it blew my mind. Like, mm-hmm. the moment where your brother had done something and he told you in the hallway outside, what is it, Mr. Hammond? Was that his name? His office? Yeah. Yeah. And just because he told you, you got in trouble because you knew. Yeah. Yeah. Because you get access like- to the crime. Right. It made you an accessory. And it's like, you were literally outside his office when he told you like, how did that? Oh, the whole time I'm like, this doesn't make sense as I'm reading it. Yeah. So One thought, one question is how do they determine, like, how is it determined who's in the Sea Org and who's not?
1: So the people who went into the Sea Org from our school were just cadet children. Like our parents were in the Sea Org. Yeah. And that was our purpose. But like regular Scientology kids, there a lot of them are going to Scientology schools called Delphi Academy that don't call themselves Scientology schools. They're like um non, what's the word when it's like no religion? It's supposed to be welcoming oh, to anybody. Non-denominational. Yes. Um, kind of but they use the study technology of Lauren Hubbard and they use other little things, little like pockets of Scientology in there, but they won't call it Scientology. So they used to be heavily recruited. So CIA members would go to the parking lot and I worked at the school and I would see them talking to these kids and I wanted to be like, don't go, you're living your best life. Because even though they're in a psychology school, they did have a normal life. They had soccer team and they would have homework and they would get to hang out with their friends. And like, if they get recruited, that's Like at 14, 15, you're working it as an adult and there goes your childhood. And as we all know, there's so much developmental learning you have to do as a child. So they they would get a lot of Scientology kids. And in my book, you'll encounter me encountering those low Scientology kids and being like, "Whoa, what was it like to like have a life and like have a house? And like, what is that like? Mm. Why would you be here? (laughs) I wanna say, why would you be here? But I'm not allowed to ask that question because then it's like a negative question. Um, But I've heard recently that they now try not to recruit children, anyone under 18, which is big because before they had 12 year olds, 13 year olds working Lock away the school or they'll try to jam them through the GED process so they wouldn't have to go to school. And now I think now because of they realize they're liable for a lot of lawsuits that they've stopped.
0: So yay, another will, I guess. So when someone joins Sorry, I just I'm trying no, no, to know so to many figure out right? these are so separate. <laughs> So when someone joins, so an everyday person, so say I decide I'm going to drive to downtown Edmonton where I live and join Scientology and I walk into Mm -hmm. the building. So I'm pretty sure there's a campus here, church here, building, whatever you want to call it. I walk into the building and I say, Hey, I'm here and I want to join Scientology. At what point does that become? Now I'm just a member. Like I would be a member of any church. Yeah. And what does that look like versus oh now I'm actually going to apply for a job or I'm going to be recruited into Sea Org? Like, how does yeah, what's that, the difference? How is that? What is the difference and how is that figured out?
1: Yeah, so when you're just doing services, when you pay money, you're public, so you'll be treated really well. You'll they want you to come in nights and weekends, so your life kind of gets taken over by it. And they're yeah. like, oh, you, you didn't get forty hours of studying in this week, like you need to make up that time
0: but you at the same There's time, so huge expectations on how much time you put in.
1: Yeah. Mm-hmm. Oh, but you're going to join. If you walked in and said, I would like to be a Scientologist. They probably might doubt you because nowadays that doesn't happen a lot. Yeah. You're like, Hey, what is this all about? I'm curious. They might show you around and offer you like a $20 course, like super cheap personal yeah. values and integrity, just about valuing yourself and being true to yourself. Mm-hmm. Great facts, right? So you might do this course, and it might even be a correspondence course. You could take it home and just mail it in. they yeah. they did a lot of that, especially during the pandemic. And then after that, you're going to go to a little bit higher level. Communication is fun, learning how to communicate. And then you're going to go to like student hat. And then all of a sudden, it's like a hundred dollars, one hundred fifty dollars. Meanwhile, you're meeting all these other Scientologists who are doing the same thing, and they're really upbeat. They could talk really well. You could kind of tell that I'm easy. Like it's easy for me to speak. That is a skill I did learn from Scientology. Like they teach communication sometimes yeah. to a fault where it's like, you've seen Tom Cruise's video where he's like, I am the, whatever. Like he, there's a video of him. If you look it up at a Scientology event and he's like, looks so crazy. And I'm yeah. like, he's trying to be what's called tone 40. Cause that's a, a skill they teach you about like being enthusiastic.
0: And like <laughs> the jumping so, on the couch at Oprah and everyone. Yes, exactly.
1: Like, yeah. Yeah. That's why he was taught was like a good thing. And the world was like, whoa, dude, calm down. Yeah. <laughs> whoa. <laughs>
0: that's scary.
1: Yeah. 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 So you're going to meet people who have this enthusiasm, who are infectious and fun. And they might even hook you up with a good job because they work for a good Scientology company. Now you're like working on a company with all Scientologists. Everything's going great. You might start dating a Scientologist. Things are like kind of going your way. And then like maybe you're like, oh, I don't really agree with Alan Hubbard said about like uh, gay people being home, uh, being perverts. And they're like, somebody will write, they're like, oh yeah, you'll, ha- you'll have to read, you'll see what he means. Like if you keep reading, but meanwhile, they might write you up and then you get called into the ethics officer and they might start indo- like interrogating you about that and then get you to change your mind or maybe make you realize like, oh, I shouldn't be looking at these outside sources. Cause that's going to just, create trouble for me I should just only say what the church says so that's like your beginning world and it slowly yeah. gets bigger like you get more and more drawn into that now let's say there's two seer members now I hear that most orgs have seer members at each org for so those staff who are like they work for the church Scientology church but they're not in the seer. they only dedicate like two years or a five-year contract mm-hmm. and then there's seer members now too They might be like, you are such a good Scientologist. Like, you're so good at it. Like, don't you want to like help out more? Don't you want to be part of the the org? So maybe you'll join staff. And then maybe from there, you might get recruited for the CR. So this is like from like, if you were just a normal person walking in, that could happen. Or you can remain a Scientologist because guess what? You start making more money or the company you're in sells and you actually get some money from that. And now you're like doing really well. But everything around you now is surrounded by Scientology. And yeah. if you do one thing wrong, you could lose it all in a blink or like you could lose your spouse because they did something wrong. Yeah. Like that, they have that much control, but you think you're happy. Like you tell yourself all the time, I'm very happy. Like this is the right thing.
0: Okay. No, I've always wondered about that process because you do mm-hmm. like there's the people in the Sea Org, but then, <laughs> and it is like, it's hard to understand from the outside and that made it so clear.
1: Yeah. And imagine like if you are also- kind of lost, if you're like just out of college, you can't find a job, your friends are kind of flaky and then you find Scientology and these people are dedicated. They love you right away. You're welcomed right away. You have a social life and they get you a job like at a good company. Yeah. Not saying that will always happen, but in LA, especially there's so many big companies in LA, a lot of celebrities are Scientologists. So you could get into an acting workshop with like famous, like this, this guy, who's like a Scientologist who does a lot of acting workshops and like you know, like a lot of doors open for you too. Mm-hmm. And I think it's like that, even with, for people who join other like Christian groups, you know, like, oh, now I found my people. It's just how far are these groups going to try to control you? Some of them are really like control and it is a great social group or a great
0: Christian youth group that helps was you. Gonna and I going to say, you know? yeah, it's like, yeah. yeah. I've also like, but I've been to churches and, that are like, oh, this really is controlling. Much. Yeah, exactly. And weird, like, and controlling.
1: Yeah, where they are trying to tell you what to do or who to hang out with or what to wear. Like, oh, that's not really helping you anymore. But if you join a group, whether it's Christian or like a science group or whatever, and it's like, hey, we meet every Thursday and we talk about these things and see you next week. Yeah. It's like super casual. Or like we talk about this is our faith and this is what we believe. What do you think about this? Let's debate it. Like, let's have conversations. Those are all healthy ways to be in a group. I, humans like social contact. Oh, but when you're doing it in a way where it's like restrictive, then mm-hmm. it's no longer healthy. And then when you're breaking up families and so on, creating problems or people are put, put, using credit cards to pay for services because they feel that need because they have to keep being on service. Like that happens too. in Scientology.
0: Yeah.
1: Um, so I hope that gives an idea of like somebody who's like not born in it, what it could be like for them, why they would want to join it. I don't think people are really joining nowadays because of that bad press. But if they did, maybe they could do a lot of self-talk of staying in it because of that relationship they could form right away with all these other Scientologists where it's like a group,
0: a new group. Yeah. Well, and I could see them like rebranding it. Yeah, maybe they will. Or they'll be like, oh no, it was only over there. Right. Just to make LA. it something different. Or we knew, had no idea. Or we knew nothing about that. Or... Yeah. I, don't I wonder know. if they'll do that. A rebrand. That's interesting.
1: I don't know because everything that L. Ron Hubbard says is like, um, you cannot change it. So mm. that's the thing. Like, you can't really rebrand it. Although they change it all the time, they're reprinting books all the time and editing it. And they've taken out some of the homophobic comments he said. So mm. they do change it. So it's possible they could rebrand. If they're already doing these little changes.
0: Yeah. We'll see it'll what be, they do. It'll be interesting to watch. Mm-hmm. It'll be very well, interesting to watch to see where this all goes down Mm -hmm. and also it's so sad right today it's just incredibly sad that people are being treated the way they are and being so sucked into it so the money piece of it right because you said there's like billions of dollars coming in if you google anything about even like the properties that they own and all of that end of it So is it just through like the little courses that they are getting money constantly, or is it like a lot of cults where it's like, no, you literally like almost sign over your paycheck to us.
1: Yeah. It's like other cults where they're like, you're, you're not required to sign over your paycheck, but once you get past those little courses, if you wanted to get counseling auditing, it's called auditing, not counseling where you sit and they have like an e-meter, which is like a lie detector, but they wouldn't call it that. Mm -hmm. And they process like your trauma. Um, and then they even go past life. They tell you, you can go past life and all that stuff that costs a lot of money. If you wanted 12 hours, it's like five grand of that. So if you're doing a lot of those, that's a lot of money coming in. And then on top of it, they ask you to be an international association of Scientologists member, which is a fee. It's like $200 a year. But then on top of that, you could be a donor, high level donor and pay more money. And you could get like a trophy, you know, like that big fundraising thing. So they'll raise money. Oh, that's another thing. All these lands they're buying, all these yeah. house, uh, organizations, that is done by fundraising. The church doesn't even buy them. So like wealthy people are paying for those buildings. So oh. it's, yeah, it's all, it's like a lot of money being funneled from rich families or, or rich Scientologists and then little bits of money. And then also they run up people's credit cards too. Yeah. There's like a whole scam. You could look it up the chase wave about Scientology where they were literally taking out multiple lines of credit on people and people didn't even know like Scientologists themselves. Oh my goodness. were you not even aware that registrars were doing that. And the reg like, no, we thought you really wanted to do this course. like Cause these registrars who are signing them up for courses are under all this pressure to have their stats up every week. You got to get your stats up and they have pressure, sell, 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 sell. And then they start to do illegal things like that.
0: Yeah. To get their numbers. Mhm. So, I was just doing some quick Googling mm-hmm. and this was quite a while ago um just on history.com and it says that there's more than 11,000 churches and at that point they were welcoming more than 4.4 4 million new people a year. But it also quite a few different websites are saying that there's it's estimated that there's under 40,000 worldwide at this point of Scientologists. So it's yeah. gotten less. Yeah, it's the numbers are definitely dropping. So it sounds like it's dropping quite rapidly. Yeah,
1: yeah. So I'm like, yeah, I wonder, I don't know what's going to happen. Like you, my eyes are <laughs> trained on it. I'm like, what's going to happen here? Like, I also want to know, like what's going to happen to my my former best friend? Like, when is she going to wake up? Or will she ever like I just I'm like this is gonna be interesting these next 10 years or so because leah Remedy's lawsuit, she filed a lawsuit about all the the defamation, everything that's been happening oh, with her. Okay. Yeah, she just did it, which is amazing. If she she has so much evidence of the attacking that Scientology is done against yeah. her, and her character, if that could get passed or like she wins that lawsuit and she gets paid. How many other people could then sue the church? Like it opens up the door oh. and that's like money bleeding.
0: Wide open. Yeah. Yeah. And there's
1: another, there's a trafficking one for work trafficking where 16 year olds were working on the, what they have a big cruise ship and we're like working there. They wanted to leave and they couldn't leave. That's another lawsuit. There's another lawsuit for a woman who was coerced to getting married. It felt like she was abused. Like there's like all these lawsuits starting to come into fruition. Now with Danny Masterson's actually the evidence of the church being involved in covering up his rape, like it's gonna, that's a fact now in law, you know, like where they can refer it's, to it, lawyers.
0: I was gonna that say that helps. is a big deal.
1: Yeah, so that's a, like, all of these things are really good things. I was scared to speak out because I literally, at the time, I there wasn't that many people speaking out. And there was like maybe 10 Scientology books. But right when I started speaking out, all of these people randomly, I must've been like this random brain epiphany started speaking out on SPTV and having YouTube channels and telling their stories. And I'm like, wow, like it's amazing. Like it's so cool that all of these people are all adding our voices
0: because
1: you can't cause all liars. Like everybody can't be a liar. (laughs) Eventually the church has to look inward, but the thing is they have a despot at the top who won't listen. So it's not a democracy in this church. So if one guy refuses to change, that whole church is going to stay the same. So like somehow David Miscavige either has to be kicked out. But how would that ever happen when none of the people around him can even have any thoughts that they have that are bad? They get like what's called sec check, which is like a form of like confessionals, Mm -hmm. like indoctrinated and then they even get thrown into like what's called the hole. I don't know if they still do that because it's been all over the internet. It's like a tiny crappy trailer and they're sleeping on the ground. These are the executives of Scientology being treated like that. How are they ever gonna tell David Miscavige, hey, we need to make a change? Like we can't cause all these families to be pulled apart. We can't keep asking for so much money from people. We can't keep suing all these people. Like, so that's the part where I'm like, how, how will it happen? I don't know. But how? David Miscavige is like. People are trying to serve him lawsuits and he's like trying to avoid lawsuits. If he ends up
0: in jail somehow, that would be a big deal. You know, but then you have situations and maybe because of my (laughs) my weird like passion around cults, but then you have situations like Branch of the Davidians in Texas where they've rebuilt the compound and they're still active. Oh my gosh! I didn't know that they did. Really. Oh yeah, Which I way... drove there and actually saw it. Like they still yeah. have signs. They've rebuilt. Like there's still people there. Like it's still an act. Yeah, role.
1: and I'm sure there'll still be Scientologists
0: or like practicing Scientology. Warren Jeffs, right? Like Warren Jeffs yeah. is in jail, and like there's still like I went to Utah. I saw the compounds, and mm-hmm. they're still all totally serving him and. It's yeah. mind-blowing to me where I'm like, what? Like, yeah. What? I think
1: that it would just help break it down even smaller and further. But yeah, you're still gonna have splinter groups who believe in Scientology. But a big part that could happen is if he we lose that like tax exempt status, that's a big deal. That's a lot of money that they now have to pay towards back into the United States. And then also like not having less if they have less control on these people then we start to have more families getting back together and stuff so it's just like baby steps even if like these small groups are practicing psychology generally like on its own it's not that harmful it's just teaching them these ideas and doctrines and stuff it's when you're like trying to create these rifts between families because you're not supposed to be declaring everyone a suppressive person like they're taking some of these policies i don't wrote and just taking it to the extreme like if you mellowed it out and you wanted to believe in aliens, fine. Like believe what you want to believe. Just don't have that harm, the harmful factor, right? Like, I don't care what people want to believe as long as you're not harming people or making them have to believe a certain way or trying to control their thoughts, other people's thoughts, you know,
0: do you think it'll ever come out? What is actually taught at those high levels?
1: It is out. You got to go on the internet.
0: Okay. Ultimately. Yeah,
1: you gotta look at OT all the OT levels. It's wild. It's really interesting, really like insane stuff. I'm like, oh god, I'm so glad I,
0: I didn't do any Scientology processing, so I didn't get any of that. So, yay for me, right? <laughs> yeah. Oh my goodness, Catherine, thank you, thank you, thank you so much. I know we went way over our time for listeners. I mean, either you've already checked out because we went way <laughs> longer than an hour or also you're going holy can we ask more questions um check the show notes in there we're gonna have the link to Catherine's book we're gonna have we'll get some links to like some of these youtube channels some of these places that she talked about some of the documentaries things like that so you guys can go do your own research and you guys can watch and listen and read and and know more about what's going on but also it's not just scientology Where in your life are you stuck in something toxic? Where in your life are you too afraid to step out? Where in your life have you lost all control over your own thoughts, your own ideas, your own everything? Because let's be honest, all of us have been indoctrinated from birth with beliefs about ourselves, with ideas about ourselves, with ideas on how life or family or things should go down. And it's not actually that different. Mm -hmm. You just haven't made billion dollar contracts. (laughs) Right. Right. So please, 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 check the show notes located at the taylorway.ca to make sure that you have access to all of that, but also if you're curious to dig into more, to see more, to know all of those things. Catherine, thank you so much for being here today and being so open to talk about this.
1: Yeah, absolutely. And if anybody wants to know more they could, or talk to me or chat with me, I'm on Instagram at the bag and they can shoot me a
0: DM. I do talk with people and I'm happy to answer questions amazing. So again, we're going to have all of this contact information Mm -hmm. in the show notes. So please go check them out. If you know anyone who might be curious about this or might be in a situation like this, please Mm -hmm. forward this podcast to them so that they can have a little bit of information on it. And join us again in two weeks for another super cool topic and tell your friends, the more people that are learning, the less judgment, the more curiosity in this world, the better. So Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. And subscribe now on Apple, Spotify, or wherever you listen to your podcasts. See you guys later.